the bottom, bottom line, line with, with Brad, Brad Taylor. Taylor on ESPN 1300 AM and 92.5 FM. ESPN Sports Radio 1300 and 92.5. Now for something completely different. We're going to bring it all together. Because that's the bottom line. Bottom line. Bottom line. Bottom line. ESPN Radio 1300. 92.5. Band wants to stop for some reason. Bottom line with Brad Taylor. Sports talk from a handicapping perspective. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us on this Saturday. By the way, shout out to the car downstairs here at the square uh, with the Harley Davidson sticker on the back of it. Yeah, I've been doing this show for over a year now, and I park in the, literally the same spot right out in front of the building here. Uh, and other than the Bluegrass 10,000, uh, when all those Rosie Ruiz cheaters were on, uh, were blocking everything. Yeah, I parked in the same spot every single show, every Saturday and Sunday. Best spot on the spirit, on the street. Could just walk in, walk out, no problem. Yeah, you're gonna have to beat me here tomorrow, Mister Harley Davidson car, car. Just say it. I've warned you. I just warned you. It's first world issues. I know that's the bottom line. Eight five nine three eight one thirteen thirteen. If you'd like to call and join in on the conversation this morning. You can email the show anytime, bottomlinelex at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at bottomlinelex. On today's show, a little bit after 9.30 today, our good friend Vince Stover of the Sports Stove Podcast will join us to talk all things sports, including his expert in red-hot UFC picks, UFC 265 tonight. By the way, they name all these by the numbers. What happens when they get up to like 1,000? Are they going to keep... Doing it by numbers or what? I don't know. Seems a little too much. But Vince will join us for the UFC picks and everything else. Of course, it's college football Saturday. We are four weeks from the first full week of college football. A lot of people say we hate on Kentucky football. No, we're just unbiased commentators trying to pick winners based on data. Big difference. But we have some very grim trends regarding Kentucky's performance last season related to their performance this season. We'll have details. Don't look now, but there's something happening in Cincinnati. No, it's not the zoo or Skyline Chili or Kings Island. But is it really what we think it is? We'll discuss. The Olympics are almost over, thankfully. But do we have the greatest American hero in American basketball? Yeah, right. But of course, the most profitable segment in Lexington Radio are Mac Daddy Stogie Picks, presented by Jake Cigar Bar. They'll be coming up later as well. All this and much, much more. Coming up on this week's Saturday edition of The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor. As always, we thank you so much for listening. But first, touchback, er, touchdown Terry Wilson. Before you change the channel, yes, today is August 7th, 2021. This is not a rerun of our greatest hits here on The Bottom Line. If we were replaying our greatest hits over the last year, we'd be able to fill in about two minutes of insults, but then... We'd have 58 other minutes of dead air to fill, so that's not an option. But it's a college football Saturday, as it always is this time of year on this show. And now practices have started for Kentucky football, and the preseason hype is off and running. Media day was yesterday. You saw it everywhere, on the internet, on your televisions. You heard it everywhere. You saw it everywhere. If you listen to some members of the local media... The media day yesterday full of pseudo-storytellers and jock sniffers, all in mid-season form. 
But the media thinks that the desert, placing a seven-win total for Kentucky this season, is an insult. Not only an insult, but those odds makers are totally wrong, and they don't know what they're doing out in the desert. That's a mistake. You ever heard those old commercials? Oh, there's a mistake in the betting line tonight. Call us and tell us what it is. Uh, No, they don't make mistakes out in the desert. Because the local media says there's no way Kentucky will win less than eight games this year. Uh Uh-huh. If that's so positive and such a sure thing, how come everybody is saying that, yet the win total out in the desert is still at seven? Why doesn't it go up to seven and a half? Why doesn't it go up to 11 and a half? If I was running a sports book here in Lexington, and God knows, sometimes I wish I was, I'd make the total eight and a half and just dare the Big Blue Nation to go under that total. They'd still go over. I know that because they're fans and they let their emotions dictate their decision-making process. That's another story for another day. But something I've seen just in the last week or so, the last few days especially, has hearkened me back to the good old days of last summer. Remember the good old days, summer 2020? Ah, good times. We were all wearing masks for the first time. Although we may still have to start wearing them again soon. We don't know. This show had just started, and I was just trying to figure out what to do around here. So really not much has changed on that front. The Major League Baseball season was a couple of weeks old. And our old friend, touchback, or touchdown Terry Wilson, however you want to call him, was the much ballyhooed starting quarterback of Kentucky football. Terry Wilson, I thought we were done with him. Didn't this show roast Terry Wilson last year? Yeah, we did. But we did it based on his numbers. Not anything personal. Not that we didn't like the cut of his jib. He took the hit after last season and transferred out of Kentucky to New Mexico for his final year of college football. You would think a quarterback able to return for another senior year would be welcome back here at Kentucky, but not Terry Wilson. He was told, you don't have to go home, but you got to get out of here. And that was how bad was Terry Wilson last year. He topped 200 yards passing twice and had less than 100 yards passing four times. And Kentucky last year had a prehistoric 122 yards per game passing. But what did we hear about Terry Wilson this time last year? It wasn't about numbers. It wasn't about his performance. It was about everything else. Off-season workouts. Oh, he's throwing the ball better than ever. Oh, yeah, he's coming off a knee injury, but I saw him, and he looks like he's running faster than ever. But some of my favorite reasons that we should have invested in touchback Terry Wilson last season were the ones that made absolutely no sense, as if the previous ones did at all. But Terry Wilson is saying the right things to the media. He's got a new haircut, and he's got a new attitude. These are all allegedly legitimate reasons that the local media gave us last summer explaining why Terry Wilson was going to be a great quarterback last season. Oh, you're just being a jerk contrarian now. Again, Mr. Bottom Line, this guy's a winner. He's 12-3 and as a starting quarterback in Kentucky. That's true. But those 12 wins, were they due more to Terry Wilson or were they due more to Josh Allen, Betty Snell, Lynn Bowden? and all those other NFL guys that made the league last year? Were they because of them, or all because of Terry Wilson, who had to transfer to New Mexico? And ask yourself this. In life, we say that all the time around here. 
You can determine how valuable you are by not only how long it takes you to find another job after you get fired, but where you land. It's like a chef going from Tony's Steakhouse downstairs here at the Square, an ESPN radio favorite, to the Waffle House in Atlanta, 4 a.m. after a night on the town favorite. By the way, how many wins does the desert say Terry Wilson and New Mexico will have this year? Four and a half. If that doesn't tell you the story, you aren't following along. Equate that to this season. Will Levis, he's allegedly going to be the starting quarterback, although the media is not allowed to ask questions about that at media day yesterday, apparently. And Phil Steele, the grand poobah of college football research, told us on this show a few weeks ago that Phil Le- Will Levis would start all 12 games this year if he was healthy. Yet we can't ask the quarterbacks about the quarterback situation. We can't talk about it to the coaches. Why can't? Why not? Well, that wouldn't have stopped us on this show. Huh. No wonder we don't get invited to these media events. I'm still waiting on my media passes to these events. I guess it uh, got lost in the mail. Again. But the local media is at it all over again. Apparently nobody learned from Terry Wilson last year or any of the other quarterbacks from the last 40 years. Here are some of the headlines that I've seen in the last few weeks from the fanboys across town regarding Will Levis. Will Levis impressed with Kentucky offense, chemistry, and coaches. Well, what's he supposed to say? They all stunk before I got here? Of course he's going to say that. Will Levis signs an endorsement deal with Barstool Athletics. Oh, good. He likes to gamble a little bit. Good guy. Kentucky quarterback Will Levis has an absolute rocket of an arm. Well, I hope so. He's a quarterback. I saw Kyle Bowler do that when he sat on his knees and threw the ball 50 yards through the goalpost. That got him a first-round draft pick like 20 years ago. Didn't help him on the field. Oh, here's a video. Will Levis sure does throw a pretty football. Wow, that's some statistical analysis for you. No jock sniffing there at all. Here's another headline. College football's biomechanics mastermind has transformed Will Levis's throwing motion. Who is this biomechanics mastermind? And why doesn't he use his superpowers for fighting crime instead of helping quarterbacks throw footballs? And, of course, Will Levis embraces quarterback competition at Kentucky. Sure he does. Anytime you have a job and then they bring somebody in, to try to beat you out for that job? Are you very happy about that? No, you're not. Would have been better off if they just put other headlines up there and said, oh, Will Levis, he's got the will to win. Oh, we like the cut of his jib. They should have just put stuff like that up there. Oh, but it doesn't end there. We've also been told by the fanboys across town that Levis is already a TikTok star, believes in faith, family, and football, He could have been a baseball star just like Bo Jackson had done two sports and even dabbles in the stock market. In fact, he's already appeared on a local podcast talking about money in the stock market. Wait, why haven't we been a guest on that show? Obviously, they believe in stupid retirement plans and IRAs, while we believe in get-rich-quick schemes. I bet they hate the most profitable segment in Lexington Radio. Our back daddy, Stogie Picks, presented by Jake Cigar Bar. Don't miss that coming up later in the show. But all these facts using the term facts very loosely, were conjured up by people who were just so happy to ask these hard-hitting questions and just smiling and nodding their heads as Levis was just asking hard-hitting questions that left somebody like Howard Cosell spinning in his toupee in his grave. 
But what none of these local media tops, types are focusing on is Will Levis's numbers at Penn State and what he could actually do on the field. Our friends at Pro Football Focus rank Will Levis the 97th best starting quarterback for the upcoming season. That's out of 130, not out of 1,030. Levis got beat out at Penn State by a guy who simply outperformed him. And don't forget how lousy Penn State was last year. Penn State went 4-5 and five last year after being ranked 7th in the preseason polls. Did you hear that, BBN? Penn State was ranked 7th in the preseason, and they went 4-5. and five. And Will Levis is a backup quarterback on that team. But Will Levis started one game last year, a home game against Iowa, where Penn State was a one-point favorite to win. And Penn State lost that game by 20 points. In fact, Levis was pulled from that game when the score was 31-7. to And the next quarterback, the guy who basically ran Levis out of town, threw two touchdown passes in the third quarter to make that game somewhat respectable. But the damage had been done. That's not opinion, ladies and gentlemen. That's fact. Those are facts that nobody else around here will talk about because they have to protect their new quarterback from criticism, just like they tried to do with Terry Wilson. So you'll hear reports all this month on Levis. Very strong arm, mobile, smart player, beautiful head of hair, magnum P.I. mustache. You'll hear it all. Just make sure you can discern the information. In other words, don't cast those pearls before the swine. And yes, there are sports books that actually take action on who the starting quarterbacks will be in certain quarterback competitions in college football. It's an even smaller scale than the NFL or NBA drafts because it's based on information that anyone can get. So if you point and click to some faraway places, if you know what I mean, you can find some of these college football starting quarterback props on who will take the first snap this season. But that doesn't preclude some hijinks and craziness. There's a story of a guy a few years back creating fake Twitter and fake avatar pics and everything, asking quarterbacks in these competitions, saying things like, hey, my sorority sister and I, are thinking about getting some tickets for football this year, but we want to know if you're the starting quarterback or not because we won't go if it's not you. Uh Uh-huh. What college dude is not going to think that's for real? Of course they are. So little tricks like that that make these props much harder to find these days, but you can find them. But this is like spring training, Major League Baseball. Everybody's undefeated right now, and everybody has something that they won't have much of as the season progresses. Hope. False hope is one of the most cruel things that any fan base can have. And remember, both Will Levis and Joey Gatewood transferred into Kentucky after losing quarterback battles at their previous schools. And the guys they lost out to aren't exactly Tim Tebow and Cam Newton. And if we don't learn from the past, we're doomed to repeat it. So if we learned anything from touchback Terry Wilson last season... Just because a guy has a new haircut, a new attitude, and is allegedly throwing the ball better and running faster than ever, it doesn't necessarily mean he's suddenly going to become a good quarterback. So when trying to handicap the upcoming season, whether it's predicting Kentucky's win total for the season, we kind of like six, going under the seven, I digress, on a game-by-game basis, Kentucky a 29-point favorite over Louisiana Monroe in the first game of the season, try your best to go by data and pass performance and not the local media that's telling you that Will Levis has grown a mustache, and that alone makes him the next Trevor Lawrence. Because that's exactly what they did last year to Terry Wilson, and we all know how that turned out. And that's the bottom line.
ESPN Radio 1,392.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor. Sports talk from a handicapping perspective. What a difference a week makes. This time last week, your Cincinnati Reds were an afterthought for the Major League Baseball playoffs. But now, the Reds have seen their chances improve greatly. The Reds went 4-1 and one this week since the last time we talked last Sunday. And not only did the Padres go 2-3, and three, but Fernando Tatis remains out. And now the only way he'll return this season is to play the outfield so he doesn't throw his arm out. Sounds like a team desperate to hold on to their playoff chances, to me, especially when their payroll is huge compared to Cincinnati's. But last night, the Reds, a big minus-180 favorite, trounced the poor, pathetic Pirates yet again, 10 to nothing with a seven-run first inning. I don't think John Candelaria or Doug Drabeck started for the Pirates last night, but yet again... Some fishy bullpen usage for the Reds, even in a 10 to nothing game. Reds up 10 nothing in the 8th, and here comes David Bell trotting out his closer, Heath Hembry, for the 8th inning. And then Sean Doolitter pissed the ninth. What does that tell me? Heath Hembry may not be your closer anymore. What team sends out their closer in the 8th inning of a 10 to nothing game? Oh yeah, that closer now has an ERA of 5.26. So is he really your closer anymore? Probably not. But when Michael Givens got a save on Thursday, he became the 10th different pitcher for the Reds to record a save. Of course, that's the major league record was 12 done by the Reds, the Tampa Rays last year, who were a total crapshoot of Moneyball analytics. Who gets the next save for the Reds? Who knows? David Bell will keep you guessing. I can assure you that. I don't even think he knows. I can also assure you the situation has driven fantasy and roto owners crazy this season to the point where they've given up a long time ago on this pen. But the big news for the Reds last night was the return of Mike Moustakas playing his first game in two and a half months since May 18th. But he looked just fine last night going three for four with three doubles. Who was the odd man out? Eugenio Suarez, of course, getting a quote-unquote night off. He and his 177 batting average, 133 strikeouts, and minus 2.2 war. You think that's a bad number? You're right. It's the worst war number in all of Major League Baseball. Hey, congrats, Eugenio. Good job. Well-deserved. Be interested to see if Suarez plays today and who sits if he does. So the Reds now two and a half back of the Padres for the wild card. So back at it for the Pirates and the Reds again today. Our friends in the desert are starting to notice two things. The Reds are picking off the low-hanging fruit, a.k.a. the worst teams in the league, Minnesota and Pittsburgh this week. And the Padres are a hot mess right now. Reds are up to a 32% chance in the desert of making the playoffs. Of course, it would help if they played the Pirates every day. But there is some good news on that front. The Reds have 52 games left. 11 of them are against Pittsburgh, who sports a not-so-nice 41-69 record. So while the Padres have to deal with the Giants and the Dodgers a lot coming up in the final few weeks, the Reds get a big help with 11 against the Pirates. That leads us to today in a game you can hear right in right here on ESPN Radio 1,392.5. Game three of this four-game series between the Pirates and Reds at Great America Ballpark. Reds already a big minus 175 favorite in this one. Mitch Keller for the Pirates, 3-8, 7.05 ERA. Vladimir Gutierrez for the Reds, 6-3, 4.39 ERA. Mitch Keller, not a good pitcher, plain and simple. ERA over 7, ERA plus of 60. That means he's 40% less than an average pitcher and a whip of 1.777. That's terrible. But the Pirates keep throwing him out there, so, hey, you can only beat what's out there. Your opponent's on the field. This will be his 14th start this season. Keller started against the Reds on May the 10th, and it didn't go well. 
three and a third innings, seven earned runs allowed. And if you're investing in Keller out in the desert, you probably don't have enough money for batteries for your radio this morning. The Pirates are 11-22 and 22 lifetime when Keller starts. That's a minus 19.7% return on investment. Terrible. And the Pirates are 18-39 and 39 on the road this season. Of course, they've been an underdog in every single game except one on the road. And, of course, they lost that game, too. Vladimir Gutierrez gets a good draw today getting Keller. We were starting to worry about this guy until his last two starts when he's come up very big against the Cubs and Mets. Last two games, 2-0 with a 2.03 ERA for Gutierrez. His last start being his best game of his career. And the Reds are 7-5 when Gutierrez starts this season. Return on investment in the desert, 38.5%. That's great. But that's mainly because Gutierrez is often an underdog. He's been an underdog nine times in 12 starts this year. That's how you get a big ROI. But today, Gutierrez is favored, and he's only 1-2 when he's favored. So that's something to watch. Big home road splits for Gutierrez, too. On the road, Gutierrez is really good, 3.11 ERA. At home, where he's at today, 7.17 ERA. Uh Uh-oh. The Reds a big minus 175 in this one already. The line is probably going to go higher by first pitch this evening. Uh, Total in this one, 10.5, the highest total on the board today. That includes the game in Colorado. That shows you what the desert thinks of these two starting pitchers, especially Keller. Uh, It's tough to lay anything over minus 150 in Major League Baseball ever. But if this number got under 170, the value would be on the Reds. Bullpen seems to be a little better, even if disorganized. Starting pitching advantage is a little bit too much. Not to mention the Reds lineup looks very formidable at the top now with Moustakas back. By the way, when Nick Senzel returns, then who's the odd man out? Kyle Farmer, a guy who was batting third earlier this week? Just saying. But for today's game, it's Reds or nobody, but everybody's got a price. Anything over minus 170, way too much delay in this spot. But the Reds still might have a little value if you could get under that, but I don't see that happening. So for you chalk pushers out there that love to play big favorites, and you know who you are, look yourself in the mirror. Be ashamed. Look yourself in the mirror. This game's for you, and that's the bottom line. ESPN Radio, 1,392.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor. Sports talk from a handicapping perspective. Coming up, it's the fan favorite, the people's champ. It's our Mac Daddy Stogie Picks. The most profitable segment in Lexington Radio. That's next right here on ESPN Radio, 1,392.5. ESPN Radio 1300, 92.5. One of the most underrated music videos ever. They had a camera in Reynolds rap, and you could see it in the mirrors. Flock of Seagulls, check it out. Google it, kids. Shout out to to Trader Abe at the Southeastern Slam. They're on their way to play some games in Somerset this afternoon. Guys, go get them today. Bottom line's got some action on you, so hey, don't uh, don't let us down. uh, We're getting sick of these ramen noodles. Win one for us so we can have a steak tonight. Bottom line with Brad Taylor, ESPN Radio 1,392.5. Sports talk from a handicapping perspective. Well, the Olympics are almost over. Thank goodness. We'll have to wait another three years to watch a swimming race in a gymnastics event. Oh, darn. Uh, overnight, in case you missed it, USA Basketball won a gold medal by winning over France by five points. I guess France didn't surrender in this one. That's okay. Uh, USA was a double-digit 12-point favorite in this one. So they won, but they didn't cover the spread. Good news for the Big Blue Nation. Three former Kentucky players just won a gold medal. Keldon Johnson, Sam Bam Adebayo, who never made a Final Four, and Devin Booker, who made a Final Four, scored six points and played all of 19 minutes while he got benched in a loss to Wisconsin. 
when Kentucky was 38-0. So congrats to them. Not that I harbor on the negative more than the positive on this show. Uh, Kevin Durant, now the greatest player in USA basketball history. Three gold medals, three times the best scorer on the team. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it'll never be like the 1992 Dream Team. By the way, quick trivia question. Who was the leading scorer on the 1992 Dream Team, the original Dream Team? A lot of people say Michael Jordan. You'd be wrong. It's not Magic. It's not Bird. It was Charles Barkley. You can remember that. That's the bottom line on that one. Uh, let's get into some college football trends. Uh, college football teams, a lot of times we look at win totals. We look at uh, guess the spread going forward to the season. We can get some hints at who's going to be better or worse this year going by their stats from last year. So can any statistics from the previous season predict the coming season? Let's mine the data and anything that we can find to see what Kentucky football, what they might have coming up in store for them. A potential landmine system has affected teams coming off seasons where they enjoyed positive turnover differentials, and now they have a new quarterback. There's 26 teams who have fit this in the last few years where they have a positive of one turnover or more per game from the previous season, and they lost a quarterback. These 26 teams have dropped by an average of 1.8 wins the next season, representing a big 20.8% plunge. And they went 14% less against the spread. But here's the thing. None of the 26 teams that fit this description won more games the next season. That's zero out of 26. There are four teams that fit that description this year. Clemson, Ohio State, Texas, and Kentucky. Here's number two. It could be argued easily that the teams that got the luckiest uh, from the previous season from the turnover differentials combined with the smallest point differentials, big turnovers, small margin of victories in these games, it can also be predicted that these teams are also due for a fall when starting over the next year because historically, that's the case, none of the last 15 teams that have a turnover differential of more than one per game and then had a points-per-game differential of 12 or less per game, with 14 or fewer starters returning, all those fit somebody we know around here, none of those of those 14 teams per, uh, improved on their winning percentage the next season. In fact, the average decline was 2.6 wins, and it was collectively 45% against the spread, those 14 teams. There's only one team that fits that description this year. Of course, that's Kentucky. So now the COVID schedule makes it difficult to judge win totals from last year to this, but the theme remains the same. Turnovers are not predictable. And when you combine that with a non-returning quarterback and a little bit different uh, style of play, adding these three cupcakes this year for Alabama, taking Alabama off, adding the three cupcakes, it has to help, but it doesn't necessarily mean the team will be better. We will be looking to fade Kentucky this year against the spread as well as go under their win total We're not the bad guys here. We're just telling it like it is based on the history and the data. That's how we do it here on the bottom line. ESPN Radio 1,392.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor. Coming up after the break, we'll talk to our good friend Vince Stover, our UFC expert, and we'll also talk SEC win totals with him. What does he think about some of these totals in the SEC? We'll talk about that with him. That's coming up next right here on ESPN Radio 1,392.5. ESPN Radio 1,392.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor. Sports talk from a handicapping perspective. And with us now, he is the host 
of the Sports Stove Podcast. And he's going to have us his big red-hot UFC picks coming up later on uh, in this segment. He's our good friend, Vince Stover. Vince, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great, Brad. Uh, for an old man, I stayed up past midnight last night to watch the gold medal game, and I'm surviving this morning. So you're on board with Kevin Durant, the greatest player in American basketball history. Is that what you're saying? Well, statistically, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> facts yeah. and facts, right? I don't think I don't think the uh, the people at large agree with that assessment, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Let's get into some SEC football. You had your big SEC football uh, podcast the other day. Let's look at the SEC. Alabama, their over under win total out in the desert is eleven and a half. So basically, you're telling me that they have to win every single game in the regular season just to go over the total. But yet, people are dogpiling on the over in this one. Is Alabama going to go undefeated again this year? you got a team that has to replace their starting quarterback, starting running back, top two receivers, and three offensive linemen. To say that they've gone undefeated is crazy, but it's Alabama, and they've got the talent to do it. So, yeah, I've got them at 12 wins. Uh, A lot of it comes down to Bryce Young, if he can be the quarterback and live up to all the money that he's making. Um, you know, this is going to be some of the bigger distractions this year for Alabama, mainly because of the money that's going to be being made. As long as the young guys can handle it, 12 wins is easy for Alabama this year. Well, uh, if you listened to when we had Phil Steele on a few weeks ago, uh, he went over on everybody for the win total on the desert, <laughs> except Alabama. So it was like, that's <laughs> the only team that he said, no, they're not going undefeated. But I had to agree with him. I think their toughest game this year is at Texas A&M. So if you're looking at the one game that they probably had the biggest chance of losing, uh, I would say it's at A&M unless you disagree with that. Well, I do disagree. I think you know you they're just they're they're just a class above still in the SEC right now. Um, Georgia's the next best team in the SEC, and to me, A&M they, they've got talent. Of course, they're going to be a decent team. But they're not to the level of Alabama yet. And that home field is helpful, no doubt, for the Aggies. But to me, Alabama's just a class above. ESPN Radio 1,392.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor and Vince Stover from the Sports Stove Podcast. You brought him up, Georgia. And a lot of the uh, experts, quote-unquote, say Georgia will probably be in the running for the fourth team to make this college football playoff if one of the Ohio States and Clemson's and Oklahoma's of the world don't qualify. But I look at this Georgia schedule, and people are not, there's not a whole lot of buzz on this right now, but there will be soon. They open with Clemson. Now, mm-hmm. if you're thinking, and if you've looked at this, the history of this playoff, you get two losses, you're out. I don't care who you are. They lose that first one to Clemson. That means they've got to run the table, including the SEC championship game. Your thoughts on Georgia and their win total for the coming season? Listen, there's no excuses for Georgia this year. I've got them at 11 wins. I've got them losing to Clemson in the first week. And then from there, it all, like you said, it all comes down to the SEC championship game for them as far as their playoff hopes. But JT Daniels is a legit quarterback. If he's healthy, um, you know, they, he's the answer in Georgia. The biggest question in Georgia is the coaching. And Kirby Smart's got a great record, but he always falls short by losing a game that he shouldn't lose. And uh, so, you know, the talent is there for Georgia. This is probably their most talented team that they've had in at least the last, I don't know, six or seven years. But can Kirby Smart coach them forward is the question. I've got them at 11 wins. Uh, That's regular season wins. I don't 
think that they can beat Alabama, but this is the year for them to do it if, if they're going to do it. Our friends in the desert say 10.5 for Georgia, so you're going over the 10.5 for Georgia. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, over. I just you know, I look at it all. You talk about uh, Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC in the next couple of years. You know, Georgia's time is running short. <laughs> Once Oklahoma comes in, you know, that's just another team that they're going to have to get over. So they've got to do it now. And, uh, again, they've got the talent to do it this year. You brought up a good point with coaching. Uh, this team had a chance to beat Alabama last year at Alabama. Mm-hmm. and uh, But they were starting the wrong quarterback. They had a walk-on yeah. playing a quarterback. I think it was like like 5'10 or 5'11. I mean, he, just, he wasn't a good quarterback, SEC quality. And uh, I think that was the biggest difference. When they put in JT Daniels, you saw a huge difference in this team's second half of the season. But by that point, it was over. They had already lost two games, so, I mean, what's the point of keeping going? ESPN Radio, 1,392.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor and Vince Stover, the Sports Stove Podcast, talking SEC. Two years ago, seems like a long time ago now, but LSU was the national champions with Joe Burrow at <laughs> quarterback. Now... They're kind of in flux. Their win total right now in the desert eight. They have to come. Uh, they have to play Kentucky up here this year. Your thoughts on LSU and a win total of eight, Vince Dover? Man, their their biggest struggle is at quarterback. They lost their starter to injury. They had a guy that could have started for them this year, and he's gone now. I forget where he went off to, uh, but he's in the SEC. Auburn, I think, is where he is now. TJ Finley, um, LSU's quarterback's Max Johnson. And he's not an accurate quarterback. And they, they weren't planning on him playing this year. They struggle in different areas. I like Ed Orgeron and what he can do. But uh, they just don't have enough this year to be legit contenders in the SEC. They're going to be better than they were last year, no doubt. They've got an incredible defensive back in Derek Stingley Jr. He's going to be you know, on all the watch lists for awards and everything like that. But at the end of the day, you look at the this, this schedule that's ahead, it's, it's actually a relatively easy SEC schedule for LSU this year, but I've still got them sitting right at eight wins as well. Um, they're just, you know, they're going to have to recruit another quarterback or get healthy at quarterback in the future for them to get back up to that top level uh, there in the SEC West. Do they come to Kentucky this year and win by double digits? Uh, I wouldn't say double digits, yeah. but I think they still beat Kentucky. Yeah. I, I will agree with that. Uh, let's look at the Gators. Uh, they lose their quarterback from last year, Kyle Trask, but they get that favorable schedule. But it don't, they don't seem like they have as much buzz this year. But as we know about Dan Mullen, he covers spreads as well as anybody in college football. He's done it at uh, Mississippi State. Now he's doing it at Florida. Nine wins for Florida this year over under Vince Dover. Man, I look at their schedule. I'm right at nine. Uh, Emory Jones is going to be a really solid quarterback. He might be better than Kyle Trask. He's not going to get the attention that Trask got, at least last year. But you said if they're under the radar, which is going to help them, the national expectation is lower for Florida than it's been in a while. And uh, so that's going to help Florida. That's going to give them that you know underdog mentality and stuff like that where they can come and play. Uh, but their quarterback, Emory Jones, he's going to be fun to watch. He's a dual-threat quarterback. And Mullins, you know, he's had some success there. Not the success, amazingly, that probably he should have had. But he's only got nine losses, so that's not bad. Uh, but I've got him right at nine wins. I couldn't, I wouldn't put any money on that line. ESPN Radio 1,392.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor and Vince Stover of the Sports Stove Podcast. 
Before we get into the home team, is there any other SEC teams that you look at and say, wow, I would really like to go over or under? I think this is a good wager if I was so inclined, if out in the desert. I've got two unders, um, both in the West. Auburn, uh, new head coach, they've got some good stuff going there, but their quarterback situation is interesting as well. Bo Nix is not what they thought he was. They bring in the transfer from LSU as well that could push him for a starting job. But at the end of the day, I, I've got their win total at seven. I'm not sure I've got them winning five, though. So I've got them going under. And Ole Miss is the other team. Their defense is horrendous. And as many points as they like to put up on offense, last year their defense gave up 519 yards per game and 38 points per game. And unless you drastically improve that, you're not going to improve much on your record. I've got them at five wins also. So Auburn and Ole Miss both under and both not even making the bowls. I am with you on Auburn. Oh, I think Ole Miss might be a little bit uh, different this year. I think they might be able to put up enough points to get over that uh, seven-and-a-half win total. Let's talk about your Tennessee Volunteers. Whole, entirely new coaching staff, uh, new quarterback, thank goodness if you ask Tennessee fans. <laughs> Are we really going to sit here uh, this year and say, oh, Kentucky is favored over Tennessee, and even that, over or under six wins for the Vols, your team, Vince Dover. Tennessee is an intriguing team this year. Josh Heupel is a good coach, and especially when we talk about offense. And actually, their defense has been the most talented uh, group on the team for the last four years, and yet they've always underachieved. So if they can get the, the D.C., if he can get the defense going and playing up to their talent level, that's going to make a, a lot of help for Tennessee. But it comes down to quarterback. And they don't know who their starter is yet. And I hate when you get to this point in the year and you still don't know who your starter is. Joe Milton seems to be the guy. He came in from Michigan. He's the guy that Heifel brought in. Harrison Bailey was the guy that was there already. And then Hernan Hooker, Hooker came in from Virginia Tech as well. Um, but they're still, they have no idea who their quarterback is. And that's a little scary. But the Heifel offensive system has worked over and over again. I've got Tennessee at seven wins. Um, I would not surprise me if they get to if they're at five at the end of the season, but just looking at their schedule and what they've got um, and how it lines up for them, to me, seven is the number that I landed on. Well, that's okay about the quarterback. I mean, you couldn't even ask questions about the quarterbacks at the Kentucky Media Day yesterday. <laughs> I don't know how you and I weren't invited to that. I don't know where our pa- I think our passes got lost in the mail again. Uh, but let's let's finalize Kentucky. We ask everybody on this show, I think you're with us. You're one of the only people on the bandwagon with us. Over under seven wins for Kentucky? I'm at under. I had six wins. Um, It wouldn't surprise me. This team and the schedule, the way it's laid out, I think they should be an eight-win team. Um, That's just the way that that it sets up for them to be. But I think there's some losses there. I think that Missouri game is one you got to watch out for. The Tennessee game is one you got to watch out for. And the Mississippi State game. The other one. Those are those are games that they should win, but I think they're only going to win one out of those three, and that leaves them at six wins. And you know, I asked uh, uh, your friend, friend of your show, uh, the other day, Jeff Drummond, about the quarterback situation. And you know, it, the thing is, as well, it looks like it's Will Levis, but you every now and then you hear this sprinkle of Joey Gatewood still has a chance. So, um, you know. I, Boy, it's hard to say until you see what the offense looks like. Not even just the quarterback. What kind of system are they going to run? Are they going to open it up? Because that's going to determine a lot of what this team is. 
until we see it, we don't really know. So at this point, I'm sitting at six wins. Um, if the offense truly is different, then then maybe I see that going up to eight wins. ESPN Radio 1300, 92.5. Bob Line with Brad Taylor and Vince Stover from the Sports Stove Podcast. I'm with you on that. There's just there's too many games that, that people are just chalking up as easy Kentucky wins. Missouri, that's going to be a field goal game in the desert. They're going to be an underdog at Mississippi State. I mean, there's, you know, Tennessee is going to be a close, you know, less than a four points uh, spread. There's too many games that they have to, you know, kind of coin flip games that there are people around here already counting as wins. And that just doesn't yeah. work. Even the Louisville game, when it opened out in the desert, Louisville was a one point underdog in that game. That's a coin flip game. So to sit there and say, oh, that's an easy win, now, now you're getting a little bit ahead of yourself. And I don't know what Kentucky has done to provide this much optimism uh, in those games. Uh, you know, there's never been consistent, consistently being able to beat these teams. That's a great and point. Just, you know, yeah, and you know, I, and I understand from the fan side of things, wanting to be optimistic. I'm that way as a fan oftentimes, too. We try to see all the positives and things like that. But at some point, you've got to look at it and go, you know, what have they done <laughs> that, that gives me the optimism that they can beat these teams uh, you know, and to this point, we haven't seen they've recruited well, mm-hmm. but they haven't been able to produce the wins consistently on the football field. That's a great point, Vince Stover. A, it, I mean, they've had one winning SEC season since 1977, and then, but mm-hmm. the expectations, they, yes, they have improved a great deal, and they should be proud of that. And the recruiting, they, they're better than they've been ever in my lifetime. So, mm-hmm. but at the same time, yeah, these they, they still haven't produced consistent winning seasons, especially in conference. Let's get to Major League Baseball real quick. The Reds, are they on the way to the playoffs now that they've straightened out this bullpen, right? I didn't know they straightened out the bullpen. No? Uh, (laughs) No, I don't think they are still. Obviously, they're still in the hunt. There's still a possibility of it uh, there. But, uh, you know, right now they're, they're a few games above the East teams. So they're still that, that in that wild card race. San Diego's an interesting team. You just don't know what's going to happen with them, uh, with their injuries and different things going on there as well. So you assume the top two in the West are in. Obviously, the winners in the Central and the East are in. That leaves that last spot. I just don't know. Uh, I saw some optimism about the Reds this week, and I, you know, I just said that bullpen. You know, they're like, "Oh, the lineup's great." Well, yeah, but that bullpen, (laughs) it's it's just so ugly. You know, if they make the playoffs, how can you even have hope they're going to go forward in the playoffs just because of how bad that bullpen is? They get 11 more against the Pirates, so that's a good thing for them the last 52 <laughs> games. What happened to the East? Where did the Phillies come from? I didn't even know they were playing. Well, you should have listened to the Sports Stove podcast. We've been trying to tell people. The oh, Phillies okay. are going to win. They're going to win the East. Uh, the Mets have too many injury issues. And uh, at the end of the day, the Phillies got way better at the trade deadline as well. They improved right where they needed to improve. Their pitching already had some some studs there. They added a couple guys that are going to help this team. The offense is clicking in Philadelphia right now as well. Uh, they've won seven out of their last three. They're on a six-game win streak. This Phillies team is legit, and they're going to be legit in the playoffs too. They they have a lot of talent on this team. And so you got to watch out for the Phillies moving forward. The question for the Mets is, and even the Braves as well, uh-huh. can they push for that wild card spot? Um, it's between New York, Atlanta, Cincinnati, and San Diego at this point for that last that last spot. 
I was going to sell you, hey, we'll bet a bucket of pride. I'll take the Braves of the East over the Phillies and the Mets right now. I think I like my chances. Even without Acuna. But, hey, we're running late. And tonight is a big UFC 265. Vince Stover, he has given you nothing but winners on this show for the UFC in the last few months. Give us some more tonight, Vince Stover. Fun fights are really going to be in the prelims. Draco Rodriguez is the guy to watch in the prelims. But I'll give you five winners today, Brad. Woo. Casey Kenny. Uh, this is all on the main card. Casey Kenny, he's at minus 120. Tisha Torres is going to beat Angela Hill. She's at minus 140. Michael Chiesa, the slight underdog, minus 105, will beat a Luque. Then in the second-to-last co-main event uh, is Jose Aldo at minus 120. Then, Brad, it all comes down to the main event, the undefeated Cyril Gone versus the Black Beast Derek Lewis. If you've not learned anything from me before, Brad, learn this. Don't bet on a Frenchman. Derek Lewis at plus 260 with a second-round knockout tonight of Cyril Gone. That's how it's going to end, and that's the bottom line. Wow. Ben Stover, ladies and gentlemen, on fire. I, I gotta, I'm, I'm still writing this. Don't bet on a Frenchman. Okay, because he will <laughs> surrender. I, I know that from the past. <laughs> ben Stover, he is our uh, UFC expert, and he's a good friend. Uh, if you missed any of his picks, make sure to go to our podcast. It'll be up later today, WLXG.com. Uh, Vince, thank you so much. Make sure to follow him at VStove and at the Sports Stove. Uh, where do we follow you on Twitter? I forgot your, your Twitter handle. <laughs> at Sports Stove on Twitter. At Sports Stove. I'm sorry about that. Vince, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks, Brad. Have a good one. You too, buddy. That's Vince Stover. Good guy. And he's got UFC picks, and he's using the bottom line lingo. So that's got to be a good thing for him. Coming up after the break, we'll get you ready for the rest of the day on ESPN. That's right here on ESPN Radio 1300, 92.5. ESPN Radio 1300, 92.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor. Sports talk from a handicapping perspective. We thank you so much for joining us on this Saturday morning. What did we learn today? Don't make the same mistakes with Will Levis that you made last year with Terry Wilson, both Big Blue Nation and the media. Let's, uh, let's, let's hold a roll a little bit and look at the past. Look at the data that they give us. The Reds are rising out in the desert. As long as they can play the Pirates every day, the Padres will self-destruct in five seconds. And make sure to check out Vince Stover's uh, picks for the UFC. He gave you five solid, hardcore winners. Make sure to go to our website, WLXG.com, a few minutes after the show, and we'll have it posted up for you where you can get Vince Stover's UFC picks for tonight. Don't forget tonight, 6.40 here on ESPN Radio. Pittsburgh and Cincinnati from Great American Ballpark. Uh, The Reds minus 175. That's a big price to pay. I mean, the Reds should win this game. Whew, minus 175 is a big tax. Thanks for listening again. Make sure to email us anytime. BottomlineLex at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at BottomlineLex. And until the next time, as always, may the winners be yours.